great Odin's raven. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Hello and welcome to Film Pulse Weekly, episode 14. My name is Adam. And today we're going to be talking about the huge, the epic, the Avengers. We also have Ryan with us to talk about a movie we made him watch called Against the Dark. Uh, this is a vampire movie starring Steven, Steven Seagal in honor of Dark Shadows coming out this Friday. You probably will. And finally, we'll be making our predictions uh, for this week's opening films. But uh, first, I'd like to mention before we talk about movies uh, as most of you probably heard Beastie Boys frontman MCA passed away last Friday and this is a terrible tragedy uh, but what most people might not know is that he was the founding member of Oscilloscope uh, Pictures which is a little independent film production company and distribution company yeah they, they, and they put out some really good stuff yeah, they put out movies like The Messenger, uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop. I believe both of those were nominated for uh, Academy Awards. Yeah. Uh, um, we need to talk about Kevin, mm-hmm. Meek's Cutoff. Yeah, Wendy and Lucy. Yeah. They they put out a whole bunch of great independent films. So uh, they, actually, they actually picked up uh, Weathering Heights, the new Andrea Arnold movie that's coming out soon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, when I first found out, I was pretty upset. I mean, you know me. We we grew up with the Beastie Boys pretty much, so it was it was a pretty big hit. I, I didn't even know he was sick. I, I heard a while back, but I didn't know that he was still sick. Yeah, the last I heard is that he was cancer-free. Yeah. So. Let's move on to something a little bit more upbeat. What did you watch this week? I watched a movie, a little independent movie called Little Rock. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of this movie. Uh, I don't think so. It's by director Mike Ott, and it is a story of two, uh, a Japanese brother and sister that are in California to check out the internment camps from World War II. And they sort of get lost. Well, their car breaks down that they rented, and they're sort of stuck in this podunk town called Little Rock. And they start hanging out with these uh, essentially hipsters. Hmm. They're hipsters. And the girl sort of falls in with one of the hipster guys, and she stays behind, and the brother carries on to the internment camp. And it was okay. It was an okay movie. It started out good, but I don't know. Her falling in with the hipster crowd sort of upset me. Now, was this was this an American movie and just about like Asian Americans, or, mm-hmm. yeah, or it's was a, about it was about Japanese people in America? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's a it, it's an American director, but I think mm-hmm. I think uh, the girl the girl in it, the Japanese girl also helped write it and i think what what made me check this out was um uh back when we watched attenberg i was Mm -hmm. you know checking out the other movies that she directed uh athena what is it athena rachel singari yeah Mm -hmm. and uh 
I saw that she was producing this guy's next film, the film that's mm. coming out called Parablossom Highway. And I remember hearing about Little Rock back when it was playing the festivals and stuff, and it sounded like a, a decent story. But it's just, it's, I mean, it's typical indie mumblecore, I guess, even though it's not really mumblecore, but I have a feeling that, you know, no. it seems like those movies always get lumped in together. Is this more of a comedy or a drama? Or a dramedy? Yeah, one of those indie dramedies. Mm. You know, you can put in two funny lines and give it the comedy aspect. Is it quirky? I guess. I guess. It's just your typical indie movie. Gotcha. You know, what I, what I call, it's like a manila folder. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, the first movie I saw this week was Five Year Engagement. This is the one that's playing in theaters now with uh, uh, Jason Segel and Emily Blunt. This was okay. It wasn't great. I guess I had more issues with it than things that I actually liked about it. Mm-hmm. I thought Chris Pratt was pretty funny. I, I really enjoy him. And as a... It, Tim Heidecker plays a little cameo in it, too. Yes. Uh, but he's only in it for, like, one tiny little scene. He only has, I think, like, one or two lines. So they didn't really... I don't even know why he was in it. Maybe just for fun or something. It was okay. I mean, Jason Siegel was funny. Emily Blunt was okay. The movie was really long. It was, like, overly long. Mm. It was over. It was over two hours, but it felt just too long to me. And it was your typical romantic comedy nothing special about it really gotcha how was uh how was chris parnell in it says that he is in this movie yeah he plays he plays the husband of one of the other professors so like they kind of form this friendship because they're like the significant others of these professors and uh he it's he plays a pretty funny character he his big thing is that he knits his own sweaters, <laughs> and he's really into knitting, but he knits these, like, horrible, gaudy sweaters. It's, to me, Chris Parnell is one of the... I, I think he's extremely underrated. Like, yeah. The stuff that he does on 30 Rock is just... I absolutely love it. Like, the last... What was it? The, um, the live episode, where we do the oh, Chattington yeah. cigarette spots. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, the hilarity! He, the his character in this was pretty typical Chris Parnell character, uh, just kind of goofy, and he he actually played a larger role than what I thought. But he's he's funny, and um, Brian Posehn's in it. He plays one of the friends too, and he's pretty funny as well. He's like one of these guys that says like the exact wrong thing at the wrong time and it makes it makes him pretty funny but overall i was just kind of lukewarm on the movie how, in general how did a uh how did jackie weaver do on this is this our first like american production movie since Bra- uh, animal kingdom was animal kingdom even american produced well i mean since she blew up from animal Kingdom. oh yeah no i think so but she was she was really funny but uh, I mean, everything was just kind of average about it. I really enjoyed her, but it wasn't like a a 
breakout like in Animal Ooh. Kingdom. I mean, well, she did a good job, but well, let's just say that Jackie Weaver might get even bigger soon because she is in the new uh, Stoker movie with that's being directed by Chan Wook Park. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. And she's also going to be in uh, uh, Frank or Francis, the new Charlie mm-hmm. Kaufman movie. Yeah, I mean, she's. Uh, I think she's going to blow up. Uh, did you see anything else? I didn't. I. I am. I have a problem. I am addicted to Game of Thrones. <laughs> and I will admit I, I could have seen that. I will admit that, and let me just say that shit got real. Yeah. Shit got real. <laughs> did you finish the first season yet? No, I have one oh, disc. Man. I have one disc left, <laughs> and uh, it's really tough because I've sort of learned over the years. Because you know, I've said before, I don't have cable, so we, me and my wife, usually see these shows when they come out on DVD. And mm-hmm. you know, the first couple times that we would do this with a show, we would just go nuts like that Portlandia episode where they just watch all the Battlestar Galacticas in like one night. Yeah. That's what we used to do. And now we've learned to try and back off a little bit and not go crazy. So we're trying to hold on to this last disc of Game of Thrones until the second season comes out. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. No. I don't think it's, it's going to work. It's huge. It, well, it's, is the last disc just one episode? I don't, I don't even know. I don't even I know how many episodes are left. I think the last disc might just be one episode. But, but uh, what? one thing, again, and I'm sorry, but this is because this happened before with The Descendants. Netflix, stop ruining things for me, bastards. Did they give, did they give something away on the Game of Thrones disc? Yeah, and I mean, I normally don't read the little sleeve that it comes in. But I'm just, like, packing it up to send it out, and I just look at the first line again, and it's like, after dies, I'm like, ah, okay. We'll probably have to bleep that from the episode. (laughs) I don't want everybody to know that. Well, then, and then the the 30 Rock episode, where he, I forget who, he's like, is dead? I'm like, what? Come on. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Well, I saw a couple other things that I'll just briefly go over. First, uh, it was a movie called Baby Call. This is a Norwegian film uh, starring Numi Rapace. Is that how you say it? Sure. She was the girl with the dragon tattoo in the original trilogy, the original Norwegian trilogy. Uh, So this is, she's also in the upcoming Prometheus. This was a movie that she did last year. Uh, it's kind of a supernatural, psychological thriller uh, movie. I uh, didn't really like it too much. Uh, I have not a whole lot to say about it. The only, I, <laughs> I went to IMDb and clicked on the director. And I don't know how true this is because it seems completely off base. But it says that he was offered to direct American Beauty, but declined the offer because he didn't think the script was good enough. But he has, yeah. to re- he has directed nothing else, so I don't know why they no. would give him that movie. No, I, I haven't seen anything else that, that this person did. But this was an it was an okay thriller. There were some things that were kind of left unanswered that I didn't quite understand at the end. And that actually kind of brings me as a segue into the other movie that I saw this week called Asylum Blackout. This is... Uh, this is a horror movie, low-budget horror movie. The cool thing about it is that it, it takes place in 1989, 
the way that the the movie was filmed, it was it looked really good for being a low budget movie. It almost looked it had like a music video quality to it. A lot of really cool camera angles and dolly shots and stuff. The acting was not great. And this is a French director. He actually did the new uh, Jean Dujardin movie, The Players, that just uh, came out. Okay. He, he, did, he did that right after The Artist. Uh, so, But it's an American film. It's about this young group of guys in the late 80s that are in this rock band, but they all work at this asylum in the kitchen. And it kind of... <laughs> Reminded me of when you and I used to work in the kitchens at the nursing homes back in the day. Yes. But basically, it's this really run down uh, hospital for the criminally insane. And there's a blackout and they get locked in. And as you might imagine, shit hits the fan. There's this kind of weird twist at the end that I didn't quite grasp. And I felt like it was completely unnecessary and it kind of ruined the whole movie for me other than that it was kind of average did they did they all turn out to be the same people no no (laughs) that's what they usually do it was something like that though (laughs) but i i didn't quite get it i just i didn't quite understand how it ended i don't know if i just wasn't paying attention because i was kind of working on some other things while i was watching it but i don't know and the other movie I saw was called Shut Up, Little Man. This is a documentary that came out last year. And it was kind of an interesting story. It kind of tackled several different subjects. First of all, it's about these two guys back in, I believe it was like the late 80s, early 90s. They moved into this little nasty apartment in San Francisco. And they lived beside these two old men that would argue at the top of their lungs at all hours of the night. And these two guys just thought this was so hilarious to to listen to these guys. So they eventually started recording the arguments. And this was before the internet was really huge. It was before viral videos and all that stuff. So... They recorded these things and put them on cassette tapes and then they would lend them out to their friends and it eventually turned into this viral thing where friends, they were making copies and it was just kind of spreading and it was just kind of about this phenomenon that was created over these two nasty, alcoholic, racist old men that would just argue with each other. And it was was pretty funny. It, It wasn't groundbreaking or anything but it was kind of interesting like there was once it got huge there was all these film studios that were fighting over the rights to make it into a movie and it turned into this big battle like there was like copyright issues and it it got really complicated and i just thought it it was kind of interesting well i see here that uh ivan brunetti and Daniel Close are in it. Mm-hmm. They play themselves. Mm-hmm. I am a huge fan of Ivan Brunetti. Well, and Daniel Close too. Yeah, both. Uh, both because uh, they graphic well, artists, you know, right? Comic strips. They back when this exploded. What happened was artists started making 
comic strips that were adapting the tapes and that type mm, of thing. Okay. And that's that's where they came into play. They actually way back in the day just adapted these oh, that's cool. tapes of these two men arguing and just kind of adapted them into comic strips and stuff. Yeah, I just want to say that if anyone wants to check out Ivan Brunetti, definitely do that. He's extremely offensive. Extremely yeah. so. Yes, he is. But all and overall and good time. Daniel Close is the guy who did the artwork for Ghost World and Art School Confidential. He's pretty big in the world of indie comics. Yeah, so. and his newest, well, maybe not the newest one, but he had one called Wilson that came out a little while ago. That's really good. Yeah, I think that um, I think that might have won some awards. I'm sure it did. And that's all I got. So I got I got one little bit of news. If you want to do some news, sure. And this is a you can do this as a not the bees because I think this is terrible. You remember how we found out that they're going to reboot the Mummy series? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing that with Van Helsing. Oh yeah, I did read about that. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Didn't what, isn't Tom Cruise involved in that? Yes, which makes it even worse. Well, why do they keep rebooting these movies that no one has an interest in? Are they rebooting the movie Van Helsing, or is it like the Van Helsing story? Because <laughs> the the story of Van Helsing is old. Yeah, yeah. I, it just says that they're rebooting Van Helsing. It doesn't say if you know. If it's based on the movie or the actual story, I'm sure they'll probably change the story a little bit because it's well, it's, it's actually this is part of the deal that the team that's doing this is also doing the mummy, no. so they're doing no. both of them, and it's the screenwriters and producers from Star Trek and Transformers. And well, this is part of their production company, I guess, in Universal Pictures. Star Trek was the new Star Trek was great, but. Transformers. I don't, yeah, and I don't I'm, say about that. And you know, I I don't understand all of the business aspects, so I don't know if it's because of this is part of a deal with their new production company and Universal that Universal sort of making do these two movies before they can move on and do their own thing. I don't know. Well, either way, it's it's just terrible ideas. No one wants these movies. No one's like, oh man, I really wish they would make a new mummy. Yeah, I mean the and Van Helsing was horrible too. So, mm-hmm. well, we can only hope for <laughs> something just, good to come out of that. Yeah, just as soon as I read that, I was no. Why? Speaking of bad ideas, you want to do some Ryan watches a movie? Yes. This is Ryan watches a movie where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and report back to us on if it was good or not. Oh no. Magi. Oh, little <laughs> kids got naked nets. <laughs> Welcome back, Ryan. What did we have you watch this week? Against the Dark. This is the 2009 Steven Seagal vampire action horror epic. We picked this in honor of this week's Dark Shadows coming out. Another vampire movie. So, we decided to pick pretty much one of the worst if not the worst vampire movies ever made it's probably one of the worst movies ever made <laughs> this is no. one of these wonderful steven seagal straight to dvd flicks <clears throat> that's because the movie theater can't handle steven seagal no 
Yeah, it would turn it would turn like it's on fire. Yeah, I think yeah. You're right. I think the screen would just ignite. Faces would melt. Uh before we get you to tell us about this movie, Ryan, let's go ahead and listen to the trailer. This is Against the Dark with Steven Seagal. anyone left they would have come for us already it's just us and them vampire hunters ex-military guys who were trained to kill led by a master swordsman we'll get inside who lives and dies we'll stop at nothing <laughs> to save the human race we're gonna make it even if it kills us no Against the dark. What are you gonna do? I'm going on. Does wow. that music make you want to rock out? Yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> I'm so pumped now. Oh my god. You shouldn't be. There's no reason to be. <laughs> so, um, I'll read the IMDb synopsis here, Ryan, and then, uh, you can tell us what you think. When most of the population of Earth is infected with a virus and transformed into flesh-eaters and blood-drinking creatures, a group of hunters led by Tao chases the vampire zombies to eliminate them. Six non-infected survivors try to find the exit of an abandoned hospital crowded with infected creatures, and Tao and his group help them. Meanwhile, the military command is ready to bomb the area and wipe it from the map. Here's my first question. If there are a few people, how the fuck is there a military base that's fully operational? And it's like a small town. Like, not affected at all. They're just where they kill people. Well, let me, I will answer that real quick. Very simple. He lives by the sword, they will die by it. Ooh. Oh my. So what yeah. I mean, was the synopsis correct on IMDB, Ryan? Was that pretty much what happened? It was, or? Yeah. It was I mean this movie was not the plot was very basic. The acting was terrible. The the action was cool, but that was the only cool part. Uh, the only time worthy part. Did Steven Seagal, being the the swordsman that he is, did he like kick a lot of ass with the sword? He did. He did. He, there were a lot of uh, in the first like maybe half of the movie. Every Steven Seagal camera shot is a camera shot of. The three people that he's walking around with and him, their legs and feet. Not their heads, just their legs. And mm. Okay. Yeah. Odd choice. Yeah. yeah. This, is my, this is my favorite part right here. I just wanted to play this real quick. We're not here to decide who's right or wrong. We're here to decide who lives and dies. That's my favorite line. <laughs> yes. You would think that who's right and wrong would play into who lives and dies. 
Right. But apparently, apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently he just kills anybody he wants to. Yeah, it's just completely random. They just pick and choose who's dying, who's living. So That's how they do it. This is directed by a guy named Richard Crudo or Crudo. He's not known for directing really anything else. He did one other movie, but he's mostly a cinematographer. He did this He did a lot of cinematography. Yeah, he did Out Cold. Yeah, he did Out Cold. That's your Out movie, Cold. Ryan. Really? Yeah, that's your movie. That's crazy. Is, is, is Ryan a fan of Al Cold? Yeah. You're goddamn wow. right. Wow. He also did Down to Earth with Chris Rock. Remember, oh <laughs> Kevin, we went to see that in the theater. <laughs> oh, that movie was terrible. That's foreshadowing. That's going to come into play later in the podcast. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine what for. Um, so let's just go over the cast real quick. Steven Seagal and, and that's it and he's the only other person that you will know except for uh Keith David who Keith David's in a whole bunch of stuff and he's one of these people where you don't really know him by name but he's in a million things like he was in Platoon and Crash and Mr. Oh, and Mrs. Okay. Smith yeah. and I think he wasn't he in uh Requiem for a Dream he was he, he was, was the, the drug dealer the creepy drug dealer guy He's going to be in Cloud Atlas. Yeah, so he he's uh, in a ton of stuff, including this. I think he was in They Live, too. One of my favorite John Carpenter movies. Yeah, he's yeah he's in a ton of stuff. But it's funny because he, he must play a pretty minor role in this because he's pretty, he's pretty low on the list and obviously Seagal's top billing, but the guy that's... Second on the list, his name's Tenoy Reed. He's not even an actor. He's a stuntman. So it's like, first of all, you have the guy that's directing it is not a director. He's a cinematographer. Then you have one of the top billed actors, and he's not an actor. He's a stuntman. That doesn't say a whole lot right there. Well, he is a cousin of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Well, there you go. Oh, wow. There you go. Um... There were, in his defense, I will say, that guy kicked a lot of ass. Whether or not it was, like, terrible lines and whatnot, that guy fucked a lot of people up. I'm wondering so, if, I'm wondering if he's, plays the Rock's stunt double, because I'm looking at his, yeah, his, he, his list. I thought that, too, earlier, not the stunt double thing, but... I thought he kind of looked like the Rock, Because yeah, he's in, he does look like him. He's in Fast Five, Faster, uh, Iron, uh, the other guys, pretty much every, even the game plan <laughs> with the Rock. So pretty much every movie that the Rock is in: Gridiron Gang, Southland Tales, Doom. Every single movie the Rock's in, he's in. So he must be a stunt double. Yeah, I I have a quick question for Ryan here. Because it says that they chase a vampire zombies. Now, the vampire... Are they legitimate vampire zombies? Okay, well... Or... Let me, let me explain. Let me break it down for you. Like <laughs> Please do. Please do. Okay. In this movie, like maybe five minutes in, it cuts to a scene where a girl 
is in a hospital and she takes a like file like a nail or not a nail file like a wood file mm-hmm. and files her teeth into points like okay. a vampire understandable and you come to find out these people see uh, my understanding is that zombies are fueled by their need for flesh mm-hmm. but in this movie like maybe three quarters of the way through they start talking and shit like comprehending things and they have like full blown conversations with the people they're trying to kill which mm-hmm. makes no sense to me because the movie also takes place, the entire movie is one night. Mm. And there's another part where maybe a third of the way through, where a guy and a guy having a conversation, and they talk about the fact that they've been sleeping for six hours. And I want to know... If all this shit is happening, and you're one of the last people on Earth, why the hell are you going to sleep for six Like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Slumber is amazing. Gotta sleep. So, yeah, I can totally understand that. I would probably sleep if it was the end of the world and there were vampire zombies everywhere. Ryan, you'd you'd sleep all day. (laughs) Yeah, you would. What did, what did you do? Wake up at two today to watch this movie? <laughs> I got up twelve. Wow. Oh, that's right. I did get a text from you at like twelve thirty. <laughs> so I'm still confused if they're vampires or not because yeah, uh, what basically yes. Do they, do they feed on blood or flesh or brains? Both. Both. Or femurs. They eat people and suck their... Well, yeah, it says they're transformed into flesh eaters and blood-drinking creatures. Mm. But what I'm trying to figure out is, is it both? Like, is it zombies and vampires? Or is it some sort of weird hybrid vampire-zombie? It's supposed to be, like, some sort of hybrid. Yeah, you know, when they were, like, writing out this movie, they were like... Do we want vampires or do we want zombies? And then some guy in the room's like, hey, great Both. idea. Both. Hybrid. Vampire and, and, zombies. And, yeah, and the other guy's like, next level shit right there. There's yes, this, that is there's, gold. There's so many holes in the plot of the story. Like, just like I said, like, it didn't make any sense at all. The acting was cool. The the uh, I'm looking at the cover art right now, and I love how it's just a mirror image of the same girl, on the uh, the, the same vampire girl. Does that cover to you look sort of like the underworld cover? No, I'm sure it's yeah, I'm sure it's supposed yeah. to. Yeah, it looks like sort of a direct ripoff. Terrible <laughs> Photoshop work. It's a waste of time. What? Unless you want to see a lot of ass kicking, then don't waste your time watching it. Was it like CG? Uh, no, actually, the CG what was in there was not that terrible. 
it wasn't like bad enough where I could make fun of it easily. Mm. It was just terrible acting and too many holes in the story that don't make it. I just looked on uh, Steven Seagal's IMDb page, and one of the first pictures is a picture of him with Andy Dick. Oh, <laughs> uh, awesome. I could give you pretty much everything in Steven Seagal's filmography, and it would be classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, has, has there been, maybe under Siege, but is there has there been a good Steven Seagal movie? I would uh, I the class would probably be under siege. Yeah. I remember when I was younger I really liked Executive Decision, but it's been so many years since I've seen that, I probably No, you'll still love it. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but it, another and... thing about this movie is they're trying to like the survivors are trying to exit a hospital. Now, I've been to plenty of hospitals. They're pretty easy to get out of. There's tons well, of windows, uh, tons of doors. Apparently, they're all weathered shut and barricaded shut. Uh. Which, I don't understand how, like you were saying, it's very easy to get out of a hospital. It's fucking walk out the front door. Yeah. But, or the uh, other numerous doors. Yeah. Once again... Once again, you know what it was? It was a bunch of guys in a room saying, hey, where's where a good creepy place that we could film this? Ah, hospital. Yes. Gold. But they're really easy to get out of. Barricaded. They're, You're a genius. They're being overwhelmed by the undead. Now, with you, how you said about it earlier, there was you know, two people talking about sleeping for six hours. Were they the people that were in the hospital? Uh, there were two of the people that were, they weren't, like, patients. But the they were stuck in the uh, the, one, the one guy was a patient, and the girl that was with them was, uh, like, student, she was, like, student learning at the hospital. Because mm. what, what I'm getting at is, that it just sounds like they're lazy. They don't even want to escape. They're just I like, know. oh, let's That's, sleep for six hours. Like, whenever, whenever I see or hear about a zombie movie, I think it's gonna be awesome. That's well, how I ruined it for me. Well, because there's this uh, one. This one awful. ruined it for you. <laughs> I can name a couple well, other ones. Uh, I can name numerous vampire and zombie movies that will disappoint you. <laughs> Like, here, here's one more thing that made no sense to me. And this is a little spoiler. Stephen Seagal's career? <laughs> um, <laughs> in this movie, at the end, they finally get out of the hospital. And they, of course, lose people in their party along the way. So, at the end of the movie, there's three survivors plus... That rock guys, Sandoval and Steven Seagal, and they get in a Chevy pickup that happens to just be sitting out there with the keys in it and no one in it, and they drive away, 
And while they're driving away, the military has a bombing run on the whole town. So their goal is to level the whole town. And these people are just in some fucking truck driving away. Alright, so is it just this one small town that's infected? Um, well... Or is it the whole world? In the movie, they say the whole world, but they only, like, like I said earlier, they, they have the, the synopsis is saying that there's few survivors left in the world, but there's seriously an entire military base, and at one point, the camera, there's a camera shot. Uh, people driving around in cars, just like a regular, normal day, like nothing's happening. So, wouldn't you think if there's some big zombie outbreak that people would be freaking out and not be trying to drive everywhere? Yes. Well, maybe. Depends on how far along the... The infection is... We'll say that was not stated. Actually, I think it may have been, but, I, like, vaguely. And I think the infection was, like, maybe two or three days. And that brings up my other point. They had a conversation with a f***ing vampire. This girl's being chased, and... She went into this hospital-like cleaning room, and the glass on the door, you know that little picture windows and doors? Well, it was broken <laughs> out. And, like, the little you know, the window little... in, <laughs> in a door. The window in a door. Okay, I, I know what you mean. Door with a window. That glass yeah. is broken, and she gets beyond the door and shuts and locks the door, and this f***ing vampire just runs after her and has a conversation with her. <laughs> I'm imagining that scene in my head, and I know that it's not what happens, but like <laughs> just her running, and then this vampire speeding after her and then her just like stopping and then him stopping and being like hey you dropped your glasses back there I just picked them up for you yeah just chit chatting about the weather and the Dow Jones he's like at one second he's like a rage filled zombie that's like barreling towards her and then he just stops and has a civilized conversation with her that's sort of exactly what I'm talking no, uh... <laughs> They talk about the weather and the Dow Jones? No, they don't yeah. have that kind of conversation. Damn. But he's like, why are you running? We're going to get you eventually. And blah, blah. So is there, I mean, how does the infection spread? Is it like a zombie thing? Or? That, they don't explain at all. Okay, that's great. And I'm assuming that they don't explain how the infection started. No, they no. don't got time for that. <laughs> They came They came up with the hospital and the vampire zombies. What more do you want from them, madam? Steven Seagal's got to get too much screen time to be wearing them up that shit. <laughs> yeah, they don't have time for logistics. 
We don't need to they explain just need, anything. They, yeah, they just need to show Steven Seagal kicking ass and some crazy sword play. So according Which, to the trail, according to the trailer, okay. So if, if this effect infection thing spread like over the course of a few days, in the trailer they were like this group of vampire hunters. So like, were, did they already exist? Were they already a group? Apparently, of Apparently they hunters? were ex-military, even though. In the movie, that what's a guy's name? Keith David. He wants a bombing run, and his lieutenant or his side man is like, "No, we can't do a bombing run because there's hunters in the area." And but apparently they're military people. Uh, it just uh, it makes no sense. I hmm. Okay. Well, uh, let's go ahead and we'll give you a drum roll. During the drum roll, please say your score out of 10. Are you ready? Yep. What did you give Against the Dark? Three. Ooh, a three out of 10. I think. Uh, when I first saw it, I thought, I thought to myself. Well, this is zombie. This uh, it'll probably be a decent boy, but I wrong. Well, you can't do a whole lot of right with uh, Steven Seagal straight to DVD. So, any any final words? I think uh, you can do right with Steven Seagal by never letting him act again. What? Mm, which just is- let him. Just let him, deputy sheriff. Yeah. Yeah, just let him be on his reality show. <laughs> oh, All right. I to also... he, he walks around this movie and just kills. Yeah. Obscene that's amount. <laughs> that's what he does in real life. Yeah. He kills obscene amounts of vampires. Mm-hmm. But he's like so calm about everything. Well, yeah. No, he's he's cold. He's a cool dude, dude, man. They nicknamed him the Iceman. Oh, yeah. That's where it came from. Did you happen to come up with... Did you even attempt to come up with a tagline for this movie? No, I don't know. It's not even good enough. It's not not even good enough for a tagline. That'll be the tagline. I know. That's exactly what I thought. I just I'm gonna see Ryan's summary. Not good enough for a tagline. That's that's what it's gonna be. All right, Ryan. Thank you again, and we will have another great movie for you next week. All right. All right. See you later. See you later. It's that time again. This is where we ask for your help. We would like you to go on iTunes, rate and review our show. We appreciate that greatly. It helps us out tremendously. And while you're on our site, by the way, you should also check out, we redesigned some things on the site and we have a new reviews page up and it looks great. We just got that up today. Uh, You can also check out our Film Pulse store, buy some of the movies that we've been talking about during the week. And while you're on our site, go ahead and click on the Amazon banner, shop as you would normally, and you'll be helping out the show that way too. So... Thank you very much for uh, your support. Well, the new, I just wanted to say real quick, the new review page, it does look very nice. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, it turned it, out really nice. Yeah, it's, it was a little bit, a little bit different than what I was thinking it was going to be, but I, I do really like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. 
Let's talk about the Avengers. Ooh, let's. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll just give our brief thoughts on it, and then I think we'll go into a spoiler section and, and do some spoilers. I think it's going to be hard for me to talk about this movie without spoiling anything, so... Yeah, especially uh, since I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't? No, no one would go with me. <laughs> and I don't go to movies by myself. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Let me start by saying I fucking loved this movie. Whoa. This movie was... It far uh, exceeded my expectations in every way. This was just a phenomenal effort by Joss Whedon. It's such a hard movie to make that I think a lot of people didn't think it was going to work. Mm-mm. It was something that seemed so out of reach. To take a movie that has all these big names, big characters culminate five different movies into one massive story and keep in the same massive continuity it just seemed like something that would be nearly impossible to achieve yeah there was so many issues that could have happened you know like character development that type of thing uh, certain characters overshadowing other characters and none of that happened and the way that Joss Whedon was somehow able to blend the rich characters and the characterization of each individual with insane amounts of action. Yeah. It was, it was just perfect. The way that he was able to mesh the action with the characters and the story. And that's so, and I think, I think you did point it out in your review that, this is crazy because this hasn't been done before. Right. To build all of these together and just sort of culminate in one to bring all these characters from separate movies and then to bring them all together for one big. And I mean, it's pretty crazy just to think of them doing the other movies and trying to keep the storyline mm-hmm. that way that it can culminate, you know, it's just, it's pretty impressive. It's and, when you see the other, like Thor, Captain America, they all have elements. We, I mean, we already knew that there were certain elements of the Avengers that that alluded to the Avengers movie. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the the Cosmic Cube is sort of the central thing that this movie and all the movies is kind of about. If Captain America, that was the central thing in, in Captain America. And in Thor... At the end, that was kind of what was happening with that. So, I mean, they knew. I mean, just like in the comic books, they they had this master plan from the very beginning to incorporate all this stuff. And the way that it worked out was far better than I think anybody expected. And when you look at the box office numbers, I mean, this movie has destroyed every record yeah. This is it's now the top grossing opening weekend of all time. Wow. In America, uh in North America at least. I think the end number was like somewhere around 206. Yeah, I'm, million I'm looking for, on Variety is saying 207.4. Yeah. So that's that crushed the previous oh. record, which I believe was Harry Potter and the Death yeah. of Hallows Part 2. Oh, oh my god. The, 
the global tally. Oh, and that's huge. $654.8 million. Yep, that's global. Now, it is. Uh, it should be noted that the movie did actually come out before this this past weekend. I think it's been out for like a week in other countries. Wow. Yes, because I think, we, yeah, we talked about that, about uh, with the UK, it's called Avengers Assemble. Yeah. And I did verify that is what it is called for some reason. Is it? Yeah, I, it has to be because of their, the Avengers. Yeah. Either way, this movie is so good. And I'm completely biased. I'm a huge comic book fan. I grew up with comic books. I loved every minute. I mean, I'm I'm just beside myself with how good that looks. <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to know because I saw, you know, I got on the website and saw that you gave it a 9.5. Was it? Did it take everything in your, you know, in your power to keep you from giving it a ten? Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I write reviews, I try to be as objective as possible. I mean, that's what we have to do as critics. And with this movie, it was so difficult for me to be objective. And with movies like this, it is really hard because there's certain movies where you know that you love it, but when you think about it in an objective sense, you're like, well, it wasn't that great, but that's my kind of movie. So I loved it. Yeah. And there's, there's a ton of like horror movies that I could do that with like the innkeepers, for example, like on a personal level, my personal preference, I would give that a very high score, but yeah. I know that I know in a critical sense, it's not like the best horror movie ever made or, you know, whatever. But the tricky thing about the Avengers is it's a great movie in and of itself. It's a great movie, but on a personal level, it was a fucking uh, stellar movie. It was out of this world. I mean, this is, this is something that as a kid, I would talk about with my cousin, like, Oh, it'd be so cool if that, if they could make an Avengers movie. Like, nah, it'll never happen. Yeah. Something that, that could never happen. And, and you know one of the things that you that you brought up when we talked about it before I don't know if we talked about it on the air but you were saying about Hawkeye and and Black Widow and like why they're there and stuff and they do address that in the movie and each character gets the same amount of screen time and they have each of them have their own like wow moment I wrote that in the review where they kind of have their own little standout moments in the film, which is great. I mean, it it really works. And it's something where you would think on paper, like it was just not conceivable that this could work. Yeah. You just, you know, there's, it seems like there's too much to bring together. But I mean, you have to say that the way that they did this was just genius, you know, putting in the little tiny clues or, mm-hmm. you know, even bigger clues in the other movies to get people... I mean, they've been building this up for how long? I think 2008 was when the first Iron Man came out, so... Yeah, I mean, essentially, they've been doing press for this movie since 2008. Just mm-hmm. get people more and more excited. Which, if you think about it, with, you know, people that are into comic books, that is the perfect way to do it. Just... Get them wondering, get them thinking, like, are they actually going to do a movie where they bring all these characters together? That would be insane. And then to actually do it. 
I cannot imagine. I mean, there were people kind of knew that this was actually real and going to happen. I, I remember way back when I think the first Iron Man came out and they announced that Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. signed like a 10 picture deal with Marvel. But I remember back then that was when they first announced Marvel studios mm-hmm. where that they were going to be making their own movies. And when that happened, comic book movies still sucked. So it was like, Oh man, like what's, what's going to happen with that. But then when Iron Man came out and it was actually really good, then people started kind of realizing this might actually be good and work out. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, you still could have, ran into a whole plethora of problems like production production slowing down or you know just all you needed was one of these actors to hold out you know or or director to drop out anything could have happened right there could there were so many opportunities for script problems director problems cast problems and the the way that the movie was cast was incredible I mean, they were fortunate enough to get the casting right with all the previous movies. And when they announced that Mark Ruffalo was going to be Bruce Banner and the Hulk, my initial reaction was, well, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm a big fan of Mark Ruffalo. I usually don't like when they do casting changes like that. But I did like the Edward Norton Hulk as well. I know a lot of people felt that that was kind of the weakest of all the Marvel movies, but I thought it worked. But when I saw the Avengers, then I was really like, okay, this is this is how it should be. This is how the character should act. And Mark Ruffalo, I mean, he was Bruce Banner. It He was phenomenal, and the Hulk was by far the best part of that movie. There's so many people. Oh, yeah. once again Stellan Skarsgård man that guy pops up everywhere he's he comes back he was in Thor and he plays the same character that he he was in Thor and it's amazing that they were able to get such a great ensemble cast and like equally explore each of these characters and each character has such a unique and different personality even uh, the lesser the lesser-known characters like uh, Agent Coulson, who's in a lot of the other Marvel movies, and just have each of these characters that are so fleshed out. And I don't think anybody could have done this movie except for Joss Whedon. I mean, he owned this movie. Which, yeah, which um, I think needs to be... Well, it probably doesn't need to be said, but I think it's a fair assessment that Joss Whedon has some very diehard fans. I don't know if that's an understatement. Uh, it might be an understatement. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, Joss Whedon, he's this is his thing. I mm-hmm. mean, he's really in tune with the whole geek culture and you know, he made a name for himself with Buffy and Firefly and Angel and all those shows and I mean, he's just completely he's really good at ensemble casts and this is and his strong suit is working with large casts and having very unique dialogue. And that's what makes this movie work. It just blows my mind because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at him here and he, he hasn't directed that much. 
I mean, yeah. besides the TV shows, which I was never into any of the TV shows no. that he did. I wasn't particularly into any of... I never watched Buffy or any of those. I did see Serenity. I liked that quite a bit. And I watched a few episodes of Firefly. But I was never that... I'm not a huge Whedon guy, but uh, this movie definitely puts me in his camp for sure. I mean, obviously they're going to be doing many sequels to this, and if they get anybody else... I don't think it'll work. I really don't. No, I don't. I think you gotta you gotta stick with him. I mean, did, have they come out with anything like did he sign on for you know, um like I th- two picture or three picture deal or anything like that? I don't think anything's been af- official yet, uh, but I do think he is gonna be doing the sequel next. Okay, so we have the Avengers now. Next, we have Iron Man three followed by Thor 2 and then Captain America 2. So I don't know if... I don't think there's any plans on when the Avengers 2 is going to fit in or anything like that. Mm. But when's, from one, when's Hawkeye's movie? I don't know if he's getting one. <laughs> he could... After you, after you see the movie, you'll realize, yes, he could do... Because, I mean, essentially, he plays the same characters he's going to be playing in the new Bourne movie. Mm, he's okay. just he's just like a badass assassin that he just happens to use this really cool high tech bow and arrow. Mm. But I, I mean, after you see it, you'll be like, okay, yeah, I know he's yeah. a, he's actually pretty badass. Yeah, I know. It's just it's really it's easy to pick out the guy that uses a bow and arrow and just sort of <laughs> rag on him a little bit. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? When there's when there's another guy that turns into this huge green wrecking yeah. machine. And then the other guy's like, I got a bow and arrow. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, the way that they the way that they do it is very clever in setting it up and everything. And it's just a great movie. I cannot recommend it highly enough. So you should definitely try to go check it out this week. And on next week's show, maybe you can chime in on what you thought. Yeah, I think I'm... It's... Because I don't think anything's coming out next weekend, is there? No, Dark Shadows. Oh, I hope I don't have to see that movie. I think my wife does want to see that. That movie looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not uh, not too into that. So so there you have it. I don't think I'm going to go into any spoilers, uh, just because I didn't realize you didn't see it. So I'm going to spoil it like right off the bat next time. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's go over some of our predictions and see what the yes, what we had. Yes, I didn't even get to look at those either. No, I didn't either. So, but, but I did pick the Kentucky Derby winner. Nice. Picked it. I just wish I bet on the race. Okay, first we have the Avengers. Kevin, you said ninety-two. I said ninety-three. The ending score is ninety-three. <sighs> I was right on the money. Then we have the best exotic marigold hotel. I cannot. I can never say the name of that without laughing. Kevin, you said seventy-one. I said seventy-two. Oh, that's right. All of us were like really close. And the final score was seventy-eight. What did I say? Seventy-two. Mm-hmm. You said seventy-three. Yep. Son of a bitch. Going for two. Going with your damn prices right bullshit. Yep. 
Uh, next we have Mother's Day. You said 53. I said 55. And score was 46. So you win that one. Nice. And finally we have LOL with Miley Cyrus. <laughs> this is going to be uh, completely... This is going to be a stalemate here because it has no score yet. <laughs> You said 17, I said 13. It looks like we're both wrong. Critics couldn't even be bothered by this one. Uh, that's hilarious. There's, There are none. There's none. <laughs> There's, how does that I work? I don't know. Maybe it got like a really limited run or something. What's well, this? Critic reviews too rotten. So it should have... Yeah, but yeah, but usually it it requires they okay. require so many before it becomes like before they can have a consensus on the score. Let's go over what we have coming out this week. First of all, the the big ones, Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. Oh, this is a tough one because I think it's gonna be terrible. So I want to say like middle of the road. Uh, I'm gonna go with like a fifty-one percent. Fifty-one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be, now, this is going to be a tough one, because it could really go either way, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be a bigger hit with critics. That's right, because it, yeah, it is, well, that's that's for the UK. I don't know if, they, if America will catch on to it like the UK did. I'm going to say, I think it's going to be higher, and I'm going to say like 82 Ooh. Well, yeah. Johnny Depp does play a little. He's, he's he's eccentric, so people should love it. Yeah. Well, yeah, people will. I don't know about critics. Yeah. Uh, then we have God Bless America, the Bobcat Goldthwait. And we already reviewed this on the site because it was on demand. It's been on demand for a while. And I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I can't wait to see this. This actually has a score right now of 84%. I'm going to go with now, an 84%. Now, do you think it'll drop or, or mm. gain? Because usually it's one or the other. Usually it do, usually a score on Rotten Tomatoes doesn't stay the same nah. for like weeks on end. So, <sighs> but Plus, it's, it's just getting a limited run, so not as many critics are going to be reviewing it. Yeah, I think it's gonna. Thinking. I think it's gonna drop. It probably drop a little bit. I'm gonna say like a eighty. I'll say seventy six, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. That's since we're entering the summer here. Most weeks, I think from now on, are just gonna be like one big movie. No, <laughs> no more of this. LOL. No, no. Uh, I want to know. I, I know, thought that though. that was going to be a huge summer hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think that does it for another show. For all the latest news and reviews, visit filmpulse.net, and we want to hear your feedback. Please send us an email, podcastfilmpulse.net, or call our voicemail line at 850-391-6075. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that greatly. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. I'm Kevin. And we will see you on Tuesday for DVD and Blu-ray releases.